I pretend there's like we gotta pretend there's like intro music. We need like intro music. Like do 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 Good morning. Good afternoon. Or good evening. If it's your first time listening, my name's Emil Daniel. If you're a returning customer, my name is still Aaron Matthews. And this is the Entertain Us Podcast. With an exclamation mark, because we're exciting. Yeah, but you already knew that. And we're excited to be here to talk all about the world of entertainment. If you're someone that's curious about the ins and outs of the entertainment industry, or just like to have a good time, this podcast is for you. Who? You. You. And you. You. Yeah, this is disconnected, but you were just talking about character. character. Yeah. So, so what I would be, um, I'll just get into it. So what I would do is I would have an interaction with individuals in the crowd that was unplanned, but I did it to be more relatable. The problem with that is when you become that relatable, they don't treat you as the guy on stage that they have to respect. These seven, eight and 10 year olds or like that age range treats you as like, just, oh, he's one of us. He's like, we can say whatever we want to him. And I'd have like, not seven to 10, eight to 10, like just because they're, they think it's funny. They think I'm okay with it because they're like, oh, he made jokes before and they were silly. So that means I can make a joke at him. Like I wouldn't make a joke at them, but that's the, I guess the impression they got. Oh, we can make a joke at him and he'll be okay with it because he's the magician. Uh, I was not okay with it because it disrupted the performance. And so that age range, like 10-year-olds specifically, they want to prove that they know how it's done because they've seen a few YouTube videos. They want, like, if you're doing a show where it's like 10 and under, you're catering mostly to the under part, right? Because that's the majority. They want to prove to their other 10-year-old friends or 9-year-old friends that they're, like, super cool and, like, oh, he's doing this or... If I can't figure it out, I'm just going to make fun of it and try to make a joke out of it with the magician. So that was something that was a bit of an issue at the beginning. Uh, 10-year-olds like to heckle. 8-year-olds like to heckle. 9-year-olds like to heckle. But it's mostly the 10-year-olds. But don't get me wrong. It's really fun. Like, you learn a lot and you still get to see these kids, like, as people. Like, that's the cool part of that age. It's just now you have to navigate it. When you, if you don't know, you have to learn. And that's what I did. Early on, it was a bit of an issue. But, you know, we got better now. I think some of that also has to do with uh, age. Because something I noticed, too, is uh, the closer you are to the age of kids, when you're still a kid, then it's easier for them to see you as one of them. Or just someone who's not professional. You see adults so the issue, as professionals when you're younger. You see adults as these are the ones who work. These are the professionals. Um, so I think even as I got older, you'll see less and less. But the bigger thing that that comes down to really is crowd control, which you said that comes with experience, which is you only allow your audience to when they're talking, when it's a callback, right. when it's something you want them to do. Yeah. Like I get them to say, yeah, yeah. And if... Yeah, yeah. Anything else, you know, I continue and you don't look at them. Or you can, you know, this also comes with experience and judgment. Or you can look at them, you know, with a wide eyed look and you'll know your own look. Or you sort of let them know in a glance that you're not being cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, it all comes with knowing how to control a crowd and knowing how they're going to interact. But big things you can do, 
so really don't acknowledge and play around with hecklers or even someone even if it's not negative even if it's someone calling out something or saying their own jokes acknowledging someone else's joke is telling everyone else it's okay to keep doing it so someone says a joke you ignore you keep going with your own things you really don't want to acknowledge anything that's going to take you off course of your own show yeah Um, unless it's really funny Like, you can Unless still have that really freedom, funny. right? Because it's your yes, show. Yes, it completely depends on what you're doing. You know, there's a lot of times where it's a part of your show where you're talking to the crowd. Hey, what do you do? I was uh, I was once doing, an like, a grown-up show. A grown-up It was a very show. chill, a grown-up, an adult show. Well, adult show, if you say adult show, it, it seems like triple X, you know? It seems like I'm a stripper, not a magician. Well, that's why they call you a magic chameleon. True. Magic chameleon. Uh, Where's the lie, right? <laughs> but like, it's a very chill vibe, like very open, fit, like family. So this one guy started heckling me, and he was like, "It's in a shirt," and I was like, "Oh yeah." So by the end of the show, I just I, I ended up finishing my show shirtless, <laughs> <laughs> and like it was a funny gag to go with because like I knew like I did the vibe check earlier, I knew they'd be okay with it. Uh, because like, there's no kids around, like there's no, there's literally no complaints. Also, the worst part was for me because it was like late fall, and it was in their backyard, and it was cold. But I did it. I had the adrenaline going, so I think it actually made the show better. Because I was just focused on moving. <laughs> I don't like to move it, move it. But if I'm cold and shirtless, I will do it. You're gonna jump it, jump it all around. All around, like King Julian. I will meal. Have you ever had Aaron. one really, really, really bad magic routine that you look back on and you're like, holy, I can't believe I did that? Like a routine <laughs> specifically? Hmm. A routine in my show that I thought was really, really bad. The one I did at the university. Oh, yeah. It's not even that the trick was bad. It was just I bombed so much that I'm like traumatized as a result from that one trick. Now, um, have I had a trick that's so bad? Yeah. When I was just starting out, like ju- like before I was doing paid gigs, when I was just, like just doing magic for my friends and family. Like a month ago? Like yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Was mathema- like this one mathematical card trick. Yes. Where just so many steps. Like I like, you can do mathematical card tricks. You can make them interesting. But it was this one that I thought was really cool because I was like just getting into magic five years ago, mm-hmm. six years ago. And it just so many steps. It was like seven steps. You make a pile here. You make another pile there. You was like whatever. And it just was too long. It didn't work. Like it worked, but like it just didn't work as a good performance. Yeah. And like it the, was the trick a good wa- performance if someone's trying to take a nice afternoon nap. Yeah, if you're trying to get someone to just like hate you and find you boring, that that was the trick. Or if they're and it's like you know one of those film lovers who love to watch the three and a half hour movies, if they want the same a three and a half hour magic trick. Yeah, it's like a th- yeah, like a three and a half hour Ukrainian magic trick. Magic. I'm Neil Daniel. 
Hold on. Yo, whoa, what are you saying about my boy Tarantino, though? Hey, hey, I compared you to greatness. I'm saying you are an all-time great, Mr. Oh, Nintendo. okay. Oh, okay. True, true, what true. What are you saying about that your makes... own magic? Apparently, the, I, I, Apparently the routines are too long. The Tommy you. of magic. <laughs> it's so bad that it's good. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. I love it. I love it. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. Well, if you if you well. can't uh, if you can't be good, be so bad that people think it's good. Exactly. You're tearing me apart. I learned. I, I, well, I mean, I learned that from you, right? So. All right, Mister Emil. Have you yo, ever done anything? Have I you ever think back? Done anything? And you go, jeez. That was really dangerous. I probably shouldn't have done that. I remember we came close to walking on glass, you and yes. I. <laughs> I had a bucket of glass in my magic office for like a year, two years, three years probably. And, I was and, throw beer and we were going to learn how to walk on glass. And apparently you just do it. But I don't think, like, I don't know. Maybe that is the way well, to, you like... put your feet... Not we were teaching anyone to do it at home because, obviously, anything sideshow or anything dangerous like this, you want to learn in person from a professional. But a tip to do is glass cuts in a slicing motion, right? Same as, you know, other tricks you would do with glass. I'm not going to encourage anyone to listening to this. Unless we are yeah, don't do that. Like, who... But uh, it's a slicing motion. So you want to do a stomping or a chomping or any up and down with glass, right? And that really prevents... Basically, you want to waddle. Yeah. So remember we came close to doing that and we were ready. We're about to do it. And then your dad came in and he just like shut the whole thing down. And, you know, I'm pretty grateful for that. I We didn't do it, but I feel like if we did, it would not have ended well. Uh... So learning, learning to walk on glass. I know what. What are your horror stories, Aaron? What was the worst Aaron Matthews gig? Gig, gig, or horror stories? You want to hear some dangerous ones? I can tell you about all around, but I have to tell you some dangerous ones as we stick on the topic of danger. Um, when we were doing our live, all right, let's go today, We had someone ask if we could do stuff with fire, and my response was super hot my fire. My response was hire me or Emil for your kid's birthday party, and we bring each child there their very own flamethrower to use in the show. But uh, I've done some dumb things with fire before. I remember I wanted to like start a show with like a routine, which would be at the beginning of a show, but with this mask, and I would light the mask, and it would be this big flash of fire by my face, and I would do like this production from my face. like. So I put this like spiky mask on, and I put a big piece of flash paper. That's this paper that lights instantly over the whole front of this thing. Mm-hmm. And if it works, I'll figure out a way to get it red and wouldn't have seen it. And so I go and I, yeah, I don't even test it on the table. I'm like, the best way to test it out is let's try it right on my face. Of course. Great idea. From concept to execution with no practice. So I put the thing on my face and burn off half my hair. But uh, kind of impressive. Is next time put some on my beard and that'll save me about a half hour in the morning shaving. 
True. Don't do it on the eyebrows. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, I actually posted that on my story on Instagram. Someone asked a question about flash paper or something a couple of weeks back, and I posted that. But I actually <laughs> am trained professionally in doing fire eating, which I have done, um, which is very, very, very interesting because you can do it very safely. Really? With the few important tips. Not I'm not gonna teach, just like I said with the glass, anything over podcast form. Right, yeah. no visuals. To anyone listening, if it sounds dangerous, ninety nine percent it is. And yeah. don't try to learn on your own. And people have way too much time on their hands, just like we do with the quarantine. So that's especially why I'm not sharing anything. But uh, yeah. uh, fire is Fire is definitely a good time. We even used some fire uh, when we did the Shigatsuki video. But that didn't work either. We had That's true, we that. did. That's another horror story. I think they just, we worked around that. But we had to have some flash paper flower light on fire in someone's hands. Okay, that speaking of that video, that was a great experience. Super fun. But man, did it mess up my back. <laughs> Emil was the designated uh, shoe shiner. So he was on the floor shining everyone's shoes the whole night. You gotta look good in the video. Gotta have a shoe shiner. Nah, but but also, like, I was the only one that didn't get paid for that 12-hour shoot, and that kind of hurt. And you were the roadie. (laughs) You were carrying our group. Yeah, well, yeah, I was your groupie. Yeah, rock and roll. I do have a lot of more dangerous stories, though. That is just some fire that I was just thinking of because of today. But we can get a whole lot more dangerous in the... Career of Aaron Matthews. Story is, uh, a long time ago when I was working with my brother like five years ago, and we had shows together, we had a trick where... Wait, your brother used to do shows? Yes. We were these really? strange and spectacular, Aaron and Dylan. Can you guess what kind of magic Dilly we did? Dilly Willy. Uh, well, considering he's a Dilly Willy, shout out to Dylan. Uh, I don't know, Dill Pickle magic? We did strange and spectacular magic. Hence the name, strange uh. and spectacular with dill pickles yes dj pickles but uh (laughs) dj dill pickles let's do it word at tomorrowland 2021 (laughs) um but uh yeah we had this trick we had a big box that all our props went into and it was on wheels and we were at a show and the stage was about five feet off the ground and all the kids were at the front of the stage so picture this in your head you're an mm-hmm. adult, you're probably, you know, give a foot or two around, well, probably give a foot around five feet. So you can tell how much five feet is. So imagine looking down on a kid. It's about a foot above a kid's head. We had this mm-hmm. big box on stage. It probably weighed about 80 pounds that all the props would go into. And we had a trick. A kid right. would choose a card, an animal, and they would get zebra. We had another kid on stage, and we'd drop a cloth. That they were covered with, and they'd be a zebra. My brother was supposed mm-hmm. to walk with the cloth on the them to the front of the stage. So the kid would be the back of the stage with the cloth, and my brother would walk the kid to the front, and he would reveal that they're a zebra. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dylan, for whatever reason, got caught up on his phone because he had his phone on in the middle of a show for some reason. <laughs> Genius. Uh, hence why we still work together. He's still playing Candy Crush to this day. That's what he started playing. Um, (laughs) But the kid tripped on the sheet that was covering his head on a mic cord or some cord that was on stage, 
fell into that giant 80-pound box that's on wheels. That giant 80-pound box that's on wheels starts wheeling towards the front of the stage, which is five feet tall, towering over the kids standing on the floor. Oh, no. So it starts wheeling towards the end of the stage, and I froze for a second, but then I ran and grabbed it. <laughs> I'm like, I told you the show was dangerous. Ha, ha, ha. But, uh, yes, you could imagine uh, if that wheel oh a couple God. feet forward, that not would have been good. Now, that also taught me, and please, anyone out there, think about the props you have on stage. Make sure they are secure. Think of the worst case scenario always. Now, whenever I set up on any stage, I think of the worst case scenario. You got to make sure everything's always safe. Was a was a stage on an angle or no, something, it wasn't on an angle. or did it just get pushed? It just because the kid pushed it forward, right? They, they trip, so it was wheeling forward. Oh no! Like, that's oh my god! That's like straight out locked on it. Uh, that is straight out of a movie. Like, jeez, I can't imagine that at my show. Oh my god! Like that's that's mess like that because I'm a visual thinker, so like that whole thing I could see in my head. That's messing with that's messing with me, man. <laughs> uh, that was probably you know what that probably tops my most dangerous list. You you made you made a rookie mistake, Aaron. Which you is? started with the that you you started with the number one story instead of you know building up. Well, that is just in the category of danger. That ah, oh, you know what? I have that. I've done some pretty bad things with magic tricks before we get into shows in general. Uh, one of the bad things I've done with magic tricks is when I was learning my blockhead, which was putting the nail in my nose. Which, if you follow yeah, me he on actually social does media, that. I'm sure you have seen. Yeah, like anyone listening, he actually puts a like a four inch nail. In his nose, like straight in, not up, like yes. into his face. Or like Emil likes to tell the ladies, a seven-inch nail. Um, but when I was learning, seven and a half, man, get it right. So I take like the lollipop because the uh, the stick on it could bend, right? I take the jumbo lollipops and I take the paper off because it's sort of like a roll. So if you can dig under, you can thin out the lollipop stick. So I thin the lollipop sticks and the big lollipops and I'd stick it on my nose and it would sort of bend and go down my throat. I'm like, you know what? This could use to make it more fun, some fun music. So I started playing that song that goes lollipop, lollipop, ooh, lolly, 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 lollipop. But I would take the big lollipop and I would spin it around. So I'm like aggressively spinning it in my nose as it sticks down my throat. And what I was really doing is like slowly drilling a hole into the back of my throat. I was like with the end of the thing, like back and forth, screwing in the stick to my throat. So uh, that was a little bit of a bloody mess. And then more recently, adding to that, I learned how to stick a balloon through my nose and pull it out my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I probably threw up, you know, I've got to be close to 10 times learning that now. It was a time I actually did it on the live stream last week. And I threw up during that trick and I just spit threw up on the floor off camera. But that's still a work in progress. Those are probably my most dangerous and gross learning experience stories there. Thank God I wasn't on the live stream then. What it teaches you is why so few people do things like this because it really is dangerous. 
that's what happened to me when I learned it from professionals. I didn't just pick up any of these things and said, I'm going to do it. I learned these all in person from people and I still got hurt. Obviously, I was being fooled wow. for some things, but that shows you the importance of learning. Yeah. Well, you got to never do anything. Like, I have a rule that I don't do anything, no matter how it looks, that can actually hurt me. Hey, cards are pretty sharp. Never underestimate a mean paper cut. I take True. throwing up a hundred times over a mean old paper cut. So when I was just learning magic, I didn't yeah, know how to shuffle horse. a deck of cards. Well, I was about to, it's not a horror story really, but it's just kind of a negative experience for when I was just starting out in magic. Uh, so when I was just starting out, like I didn't really have a deck of cards at home or like I did, but it was really old and like gross. So I went out to my local convenience store and I bought a deck of Victoria playing cards, which are literally just meant to be used for like games like president or crazy eights or like you know yo was popping welcome to the entertain us pop 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 the what pop let me just get a water and we'll start oh. All right, let me get that mutt. That's already all right. So I already made like a title and all that shit. I'm gonna call it uh, episode eleven: Magician's Nightmares. Then the dash, uh, something worst of Ferrer and Emil. <laughs> and then, the big yeah. biggest flops of all time. So we can't really talk. You know, you don't want to shit on a place. So you'll describe the show if it's at like somewhere. Don't say where it is. Oh yeah, for sure. So you can say like worst incidents, worst experiences, worst routines you ever done. Like I don't know what's the worst routine I ever done. Let me think of some shit. Like I don't know. Bro, I've bombed so many times. It's like not funny. Oh <laughs> and yeah, it's pretty funny. Like uh, uh, crocodile fundy and all that bullshit I used to do. I I know I know a story I'm gonna tell. That time your dad got really pissed at me for saying, uh, for forgetting my lines and saying sorry mid performance. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, we'll just, uh, <laughs> we'll just start talking. Uh, Yo, if I, when me... I tell that story, should I just say your dad or should I just say doo doo? Doo doo, just say doo doo, yeah. Uh, let me, uh, get people to think doo doo gets mad, you know? Say it nice, you know. And you can always say a magician and shit, like, too, if you want to talk about someone or something. I don't know what I'm going to share, you know? Like, I'll think of things as you're talking, too, and yada, yada. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, let's... Let me grab a notepad for you to write in. All right. Let me start this off. We know about two minutes in, but we're going to start this shit. All right. Yeah. We are here to talk about... All right. Let's restart that. That was shit. <laughs> That was that was pretty ass. We are so happy you are joining us again. We are going to be talking about a whole lot of bad things today. Bad things? Bad, Those things happen? Bad things do happen to performers. Uh, even us. Uh, we're going to talk about bad routines we performed. Bad mistakes that happened on stage. Bad venues we were in. 
the worst shows we've done, a whole bunch of different crazy things. We're going to go over all the awful and worst things that happened to us throughout our careers. Maybe you can learn something at home from some of the craziness that happened to us. We don't even really know what we're going to talk about. We're just going to start talking about a whole bunch of crazy things. Right, Mr. Emil Dale? Hell yeah. Do you know why? Why, Aaron? Why? Because fun! And because I mean, we want to entertain true. you. So let's do it. Uh, Emil. Yeah. Do you have... Let's start off with... Uh, you know what? A crazy story. Is there any awful story that just sticks out in your head of a show? Let's talk about like a show first. Of like a whole performance that you've done. Like, was there one that sticks out that you like left the stage going, oy vey. I mean, there's, I mean, too many to count from when I was starting out. But one comes to mind where you were there, actually. I don't know if you remember it. Of course. You were, like, uh, oh, I haven't even I told it. Great memory. It, I remember it. True. <laughs> um, we were doing a show at a university. I won't say which one. And it was me, you... Uh, your dad was there just to, like, you know, be supportive. It was a charity show. And that was one of my first events with you guys. It was, like, one of my first, like, notable ones with an actual rep- reputable, like, place. And I was super nervous. And for some reason, I decided to do a trick that I'd only just learned recently. And the problem with the trick was it was a lot of memory work. And I knew the stuff. I knew it. I knew it in my head. Like, I knew what I had to mm-hmm. say. I knew what I had to do. But for some reason, I choked and forgot at some point what I was supposed to say, what I was supposed to do. It just wasn't coinciding in, like, it wasn't mm-hmm. meshing in my head. And I had a pause. And <laughs> it got awkward. And it was, like, 40 people, 50 people watching. And then I said, oh, I'm sorry. And... However, like I just tried okay, to segue so, and it was bad. So you, it was like you bad, said, bad. I'm sorry. Like you're in the middle of a line. You just stopped and said, I'm sorry. Did you say what you were sorry for? Well, nah. Like I I didn't say it like just in the middle of a line. I paused because I couldn't remember. And I don't know if it felt like a million years or if it actually was. Like it felt like a long, long pause. It was getting awkward. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how to get out of it. It was like very, very early in my career. I mean, I'm still early in my career, but you know what I'm saying. It was early in my early career and I didn't know how to get out of it. I couldn't think of my feet fast enough. It just wasn't a good moment. And uh, due to the clown at the end of the show, like after all is said and done, pulls me aside. And this is the nicest guy in the world. The dude, like I respect him so much. I've never seen him upset at anyone like He's the most cheerful, nicest guy. But at this moment, he pulls me aside and he's like, don't ever apologize on stage like that. <laughs> and I I was so intimidated and like I could tell he was very frustrated. And like that sat with me. It's like I was like, oh, my God, it was so bad. that I made the happiest guy in the world, like the cheeriest guy Face in the world. Palm like crazy. Mad. Yes. Oh my! It, it was like it was a mixture of disappointing myself, uh, disappointing <laughs> Dudu, because you were uh, disappointing being the crowd. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, it was it was a lesson. It was a much needed one. I was I learned how to think on my feet after that. I learned to be more prepared. But it was it's sad. Well, it's sat for a while. I have for for you or anyone out there who ever forgets what they're going to say with the script. You want each routine to be something you can easily explain in a couple sentences. Like you can explain the whole journey. Like someone signs a card, it gets lost in the deck. It's going to appear in this box on stage. Cause then all you have to do, if you forget what your line is, is explain what you see on stage. You just go through the steps and just explain what's happening. Cause the audience doesn't know what your script is. So as long as you keep going with the routine, you're fine. So I think before you go on stage, Always know how to explain each one of the routines you're going to do. Because then all you have to do, instead of memorizing, is just look and explain. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you just, yeah, you could just, like, summarize. You could be like, okay, at the beginning, uh, X person, like, this person thought of a card. Then we did this. And then we looked, like, whatever. It was like, you can recap it. And because people's memories are so malleable, like, even our own memories so malleable you could just like look back and be like oh yeah that did happen like what i've done before is i've like done a trick where i was like okay think of a card and then there was a part where like i had to use my hands and then i knew the line like this was part of the routine i said at the beginning she thought of a card and then my hands were away from her the whole time which was a lie but it's just you know i was being nonchalant when it happened and People just bought it, and like people were still impressed at the end of the sure. trick, where the card she thought of ended up in my hand across the stage. Of course, you are the narrator. Pretty dope trick. Show. Wherever you put attention, yeah. is where attention is going to go. It's sort of like sleight of hand. If you're pretending to put something from your right hand into your left hand, if you keep looking at your right hand where the object is, it's sleight of brain. Going to keep looking there, but if you look at your empty hand, the left hand. Like there's something there, but really it's empty. But if you keep looking at your left hand, the empty one, everyone's going to think that still in that hand, they're going to follow where you're looking, where you're putting the attention. Right. I mean, it works as any, like body language is everything. Not, not just like in magic, even when you're singing, if you're just standing still with your back hunched over, like slouching and your hands just on the mic stiff, like, Sure, your voice can be amazing, but your performance sucks. Like, or okay, it doesn't suck, but it won't be anywhere near as good as it could be. Yes, no, maybe. Yeah, you cut out there for a second. Oh, have no? Have you ever heard of a singer uh, named D? Dimash. No, I never heard of Dimash. So this guy's from Kazakhstan. And, but his this guy has a six. He's a great singer from Kazakhstan. Right, Yekshimash. Now, but this guy's got a six. And just take that in. That's Doremi Fasolesi, though. Six times. A six octave vocal range. But it's not just that his voice is amazing. He has complete control over it. And his body language, when performing, is so confident. Like... Uh, feet like his stance is like feet at uh, shoulder width apart, his back straight, moving like he's feeling the music. He's invested in it. His facial expressions are just matching every beat. 
dude's voice is amazing and everything he's doing is amazing like i'll send you a link later i suggest everyone checks out this guy dimash d-i-m-a-s-h holy crap like it's so good like i didn't know this guy existed until recently and i just became a fan after one video and it's mind-blowing just how body language works now, Mr. Emil, I have another question for you. Shoot. Have you ever had a worst audience member, a nightmare audience member, a heckler to heckle the hecklers? Yeah. All eight-year-olds. That age specifically? Yeah, we'll, we'll throw in the seven-year-olds in that group too. Yes, please elaborate. On your hatred for children. Actually, no. Friend. No, let, let me. No, you know what? I, I misspoke. No, let let me. No, I love kids. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> let me. No, I. Let me elaborate. Yes. So, like, between ages like seven to ten, is when kids are starting to learn how to socialize. They're trying to be more grown up, right? Like that's that age where they're trying to understand. Like, oh, adults do this, so I should learn to do this. And it's like I don't remember. I don't know if you remember. Your elementary school days, like grades three to five, with your friends. But for me, it was something like we were all very competitive. We're all trying to one-up each other. You insult each other. You know, kids are kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you're the magician, and I have this, like, character, like, I'm very, like, youthful. I try to be relatable, and I try to get the audience involved as much as possible. Early on, I did that too much, where I would, like, actually have back and forth with the audience that was unplanned and irrelevant. So I learned that lesson, but when I didn't, when I still did it, when I was still doing it, I'd like interact with these kids and now they're like, oh, he's a person. He's not just the person that was hired. He's like, why do they keep cutting out? I don't know. I have no idea, dude. That's so weird. Um, yeah, I don't know. Right, so, I don't know. But yo, let's, uh, we can wrap it up. Do you have any other funny stories or should we just like sort of wrap it up there? Well, I'll just finish this story. It's like real quick. It's not even, and it's like, I'll finish this story then. Okay. Restart the thought from like the beginning. So it just like flows. Yeah. Fluid. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Shoot. Uh, so a negative experience I had when I was just learning magic, it's not like a horror story or anything, but it was quite annoying was learning how to sh- a bridge shuffle a deck of cards like how to riffle shuffle them so i didn't have a normal like good deck of cards at home so i went to my local convenience store i was like a five minute walk and i bought a deck of victoria playing cards which are literally just meant for playing as playing cards not magic. not magic no, no, yeah no. you play poker you can you can play crazy eights you can play president but you shouldn't do magic with them uh at least not set a hand and the issue was that these cards were very tough and like, even if you try to break them in, they, they're made of like this really tough plastic. Yeah. And so I was learning how to riffle shuffle with these cards and I would keep hurting my knuckle, like my, my knuckle that I'm using to bend the cards, right. To like shuffle them, which I suck at. Uh, my hands weren't like strong enough at the time. Cause I was, you know, weak. Like it just was like, you know, Things aren't lining up. So my knuckle, because I was trying to learn how to shuffle with this old, like new but very tough deck of cards, 
my knuckle ended up having a mark for like six months because I just relentlessly keep trying no matter how much it hurt. Had like a red mark for that entire time. And like uh, that you know, scene in Whiplash where the guy's just drumming and drumming those hands bust open bleeding. If anyone wants a nice vision. Yeah. But the difference is his drums were proper, you know? <laughs> yes. Like this could have easily been avoided. But now I'm way better at shuffling because uh, I learned with a deck that really wasn't meant to be riffle shuffled like that. So, you know, As it me, had its bonuses. Yeah. You know what I, I imagine is me and you keep sharing our stories. I imagine both of us like skipping along dumbly singing that song from Wizard of Oz. If I only had a brain. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Things would be much better. What's a brain? My magic would be less crappier. If I only had a brain. Yeah. <laughs> or a heart. I think a heart helps too. Speaking of that, I have a one other like really, really awful magic trick that I actually started my career doing with Dylan, my brother, you know, six years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might top my list of worst tricks I performed. The trick itself was actually pretty cool. Um, imagine you're at a carnival and one of the prizes for the game is like this 10 foot long giant fuzzy snake. Mm-hmm. So we had two of those and I had this special box that would make this big snake appear. So it would like look empty and appear. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have two of the snakes in there. And I'd start the routine and I come out on stage. And this was why it was so bad. Like the trick itself is good. We revamped that recently into something really cool we're doing awesome. um, with teddy bears. But this is the first time in six years I even came back to this trick because I routined it so bad. I wow. came out on stage and I said, Good night, mates. My name is Crocodile Funday. And today I'm going to show you a magic trick. With my... No, what did I say? I'm going to show you a magic trick today with an anaconda... Oh, shit. It cut out again. I mean, I'm still... I can still hear you. Hello? 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 